Isaiah chapter 44, verses 1 through 8. But now hear, O Jacob, my servant, Israel, whom I have chosen. Thus says the Lord who made you, who formed you from the womb and will help you. Fear not, O Jacob, my servant, Jeshurun, whom I have chosen. For I will pour water on the thirsty land and streams on the dry ground. I will pour my spirit upon your offspring and my blessing upon your descendants. They shall spring up among the grass like willows by flowing streams. This one will say, I am the Lord's. Another will call on the name of Jacob. And another will write on his hand, the Lord's, the name himself by the, and name himself by the name of Israel. Thus says the Lord, the King of Israel and his Redeemer, the Lord of hosts. I am the first and I am the last. Besides me, there is no God. Who is like me? Let him proclaim it. Let him declare and set it before me. Since I appointed an ancient people, let them declare what is to come and what will happen. Fear not nor be afraid. Have I not told you from of old and declared it? And you are my witnesses. Is there a God besides me? There is no rock. I know not any. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. All right. Well, joined today in Isaiah 44 by the people's favorite, Jennifer McClish, uh, <laughs> as you would expect. And uh, so the tone once again yeah. has shifted in this epic prophetic poem. Uh-huh. And so uh, the Lord continues to speak, um, which, you know, it's important in, sorry, I got a little gnat flying around my computer. <laughs> um, the, the Lord, or sorry, in prophetic literature, <laughs> give my train of thought. Yeah. In prophetic literature, it is really important to, you know, the speaker changes a lot. Uh-huh. Is Israel speaking? Is the Lord speaking? Is Isaiah speaking? Um, and so uh, the Lord is speaking. And today's uh, passage begins with a really important prophecy. There's this image of the Lord pouring out water mm-hmm. on thirsty ground. Mm-hmm. And then he gives us some clarity on what he means uh, and on what that water is, what that dry ground is. Uh, and then, you know, verse six through eight, which is kind of under a different heading in the ESV. So it's a little bit of a different thought mm-hmm. coming off of that first one. Um, the Lord has this epic moment of, you know, who is like me? Mm-hmm. Is there a God beside me? And so, Jennifer, what are your thoughts on everything going on here and yeah. kind of this development of thought from Isaiah 43. Well, like you said yesterday, I mean, there's definitely this pattern of ending with discipline and then starting with, but, and uh, so we mm-hmm. have that kind of um, upward momentum again, like lifting our heads. I love that he starts with, Oh, Jacob, my servant Israel, whom I have chosen. Mm. And just remembering again, that God um, in his discipline, in his commands, in his instruction, everything is always rooted in this, truth it's Mm -hmm. like he doesn't want us to be he doesn't want us to ever be insecure in um who he is and what he thinks about us Mm. it's his we are his chosen um his people are his chosen and in that is such grace and i don't know about you but sometimes like if i think 
if something's dependent on someone else and not on me, like it makes me nervous. Um, But when it's God, that is the other person that should actually give us great comfort and great relief that this is nothing. None of this that we're about to hear this amazing prophecy um, promise is dependent on us. Mm. This is flowing from God and who he is and his absolute posture of grace. Then, so you're in that place and then you move into this, um, pouring out of thirst. I love that he is kind of like affirming, like, yes, you're you're parched, you're desperate, you're calling out, you're, you know, such a it's such a dry place to be in a place of um discipline. Mm. And yet he's promising to pour out this water on them, which will of course bring life. And as you said, then he also has the grace to tell us who this what this water represents and it's his spirit. Mm, absolutely. Amazing. You know, I think that there's something as we get into that image, you know, when the Lord claims this like identity as creator, thus says the Lord who made you, who formed you. Uh-huh. This image just kind of popped into my head of like, you know, if if you had like, let's say an insanely nice, like custom made car, you yeah. know, just kind of like one of those boutique, like like an antique car that then somebody takes and like retrofits and makes it all bougie and stuff. Right. Um, and you start having major issues with it. It's one thing to like take, or, or, you know, you can kind of take this any direction with engineering, but it's one thing to like take that, uh, that car or like a piano or something to like a random person who knows a thing or two about cars <laughs> or about pianos or whatever you need yeah. repaired. But to take something to the person who actually formed it, there's like this deep, deep trust and intimacy yeah. there, you yeah. know, because the it's like the thing that you're holding um, originated from this person's mind. Right. So who would you entrust to it? Who would you trust more with it than the person who who formed the thing? Right. And like conceptualized it. And so I think that there is an important aspect of trust that we can draw from understanding God as like the origin originator of like us, us. you know, and yeah. forming us in his image. Yeah. Um, and then, yes, yeah, so there's this amazing image uh, where the Lord talks about pouring out water on thirsty ground. Uh-huh. And, you know, just kind of think of like stand, standing in like Joshua tree with a big bucket of water. <laughs> right. And just pouring it out on the sandy and how rocks. the ground just like soaks it in like yeah yep. yeah exactly so immediately exactly yeah and then he says that that is his spirit like his ruach right his, his breath and spirit and that the the thing growing up out of the rocks is this generation of people filled with his spirit yeah and this is not a unique instance of prophecy but you know joel 2 uh, after the redemption of God's people, he talks about pouring out his spirit on all flesh. Mm-hmm. And these passages should like lead us to a place of wonder because, you know, before we re- record ODR, before every session, we pray that um, what we have to say would just quickly be forgotten mm-hmm. and that God's spirit through us would speak clearly through his word and through us. And that is a radical prayer. Yeah. Through the lens of Isaiah, you know, like right. a thing that we are presupposing that God could actually fill, fill us, us and speak through us. Yeah. Um, that is not something we should take lightly and bring life through it, us. and bring yeah. life through us. Like yeah. 
that is something that prophets yearned for that like Moses, you know, when there were two guys prophesying in the camp of Israel mm-hmm. and uh, someone comes and tattles on them and says, like, they're prophesying, <laughs> they shouldn't be, they're yeah. not you. And Moses says, are you jealous for me? I wish that all of God's people had his spirit. And so this is like another point forward to it. And, you know, I think that it leads us naturally to this place where God is saying like, who is like me? Yeah. You know, go study any other world religion and tell me what God is there anywhere else that is so high and transcendent and yet would fill his people and speak through people would like pour out his own soul onto people. Yeah. I know this, um, just like even (laughs) there's so much there. Will, where do we start? Um, but it's when just you the were, Holy Spirit. I, I know, right? I know. Where it's do just we start the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. It's easy. But, <laughs> it's easy. <laughs> but um, even just with what your uh, your analogy of a creator, you know, and how uh, a creator of something would have such intimate knowledge of every part of his creation, and that God, that is true of God, and yet, and what he's saying is that our most desperate need is Him. Like basically what's creating the dryness, what is um, the the desperate, you know, desperation that we feel the um, just wilderness, honestly, is this distance from him. And yet he's saying he is going to give himself like it's not even like I'm going to give you the means to live in this world. I'm not going to give you it's not like I'm going to give you comfort. I'm going to give you physical water, physical food, deliverance from the Babylonians, you know, whatever your immediate. It's like you're getting these huge theological um, truths, but also these are given to people who are in a moment of absolute desperation and suffering. Mm. And so it's I think it's kind of cool that, yes, this is a prophetic word for what God is going to do for his church that one day we Mm. will have his spirit which is amazing but also this like very personal um i know what you desperately need and Mm. i'm willing to um even turn up the heat so that you feel it feel Mm. it even more parched um but never 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 withholding himself from us Mm -hmm. and so obviously that had you know big implications at this time when God's spirit was not dwelling in the individual. Now we know like post um, cross, post resurrection, post Pentecost, like we've received his spirit and he is giving himself to us um, and is available to us in ways that these people can only imagine. Mm-hmm. But the the main thing is just that God wants to give himself to us. Amen. Amen. <laughs> and how life-giving that is. But now absolutely. moving into your and who like you said who is like this god absolutely right. absolutely yeah and that's kind of where the passage lands is the the uniqueness of that mm-hmm. and then um you know tomorrow we're going to be in 9 through 20 mm. which we're going to press back into idolatry mm. and so and it's a it's a really fun passage it's real like salty and sarcastic <laughs> and uh, descriptive sort of parable of an idol maker. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know if you have any other thoughts, but no, just that it's so um, just again, reading these passages is right. It's such a privilege to know God and mm-hmm. to have his word in this way that in some ways Isaiah is becoming repetitive, but 
also more glorious as you make your way through it. Mm -hmm. And just pointing to us to the fact that like we keep needing to be reminded of this, like our desperate need and like how great is our God and then what the pitfalls for us are and how, how like ridiculous it is to worship anyone other than a God who would give his very self to you. Amen. You know, I'm glad you said the thing about repetitive because I was an English major in college. Mm -hmm. So I like nerding out and stuff like this, Mm -hmm. but there's kind of like two ways that an author can be repetitive. And one is just through sheer unintelligence and like, (laughs) you know, (laughs) but the other form of repetition is to build and reinforce a really important theme. Mm. And so I think I'll let all of you decide if Isaiah is a bad writer <laughs> uh, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. Or, or <laughs> maybe there's a point that's being made here An that we're going to press into further tomorrow. Yeah. yeah. So for Jennifer McClish, this is Will Carlisle. We'll see you tomorrow on Our Daily Rhythm. Thanks for listening to Our Daily Rhythm. I'm Jason Dees, one of the pastors of Christ's Covenant, and Our Daily Rhythm is a ministry of our church designed to help you more faithfully and effectively meditate on God's Word. If you ever have a question for us about one of our Bible readings or one of your own Bible readings, please don't hesitate to text us at 404-465-1737. Again, that's 404-465-1737. Or email me directly at jason at christcovenant.com. We'll meet you again tomorrow for our daily rhythm.